Rebounding was a pillar of the Roy Williams-era Tar Heels. So how would Carolina fare under first-year coach Hubert Davis and his modern lineup styles? Let's talk about it today as the Summer Stats Series rolls on. You are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Tuesday, August 2nd, 2022. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen or your first watch every single day. Please, if you would, subscribe wherever you're listening or watching. Just takes a second. Also, for those of you watching, if you would smash that like button. And as we're talking about rebounding today, would love to hear your thoughts and comments as we go. Oh, man. So it is the third week of the summer stat series. We've already talked about three-point shooting percentage and scoring. If you missed those, I'm going to link... Uh, the playlist of those, I'm going to keep all of these in a playlist together. Right here, you can click on it wherever I end up putting it on the screen. But today, we are talking about rebounds. Speaking of which, as it is every Tuesday, it's Trivia Tuesday. Here we go. You ready? You are probably very well aware that Armando Baycott set the single-season Carolina rebounding record last year with 511 rebounds. It's still absurd to me that that actually happened. So my question for you today is twofold. Number one, who rounds out? Who are the other nine that make out the top 10 list of all-time single-season rebounding leaders for Carolina? And question number two, it's actually only eight other people because there is one name on the list twice. Who is it? We'll talk about it coming up later in the show. So let's start with this rebounding conversation by looking at what Carolina did as a team last year. And as I teased in the cold open, what I really want to do is compare and contrast last year's Carolina team, first year under Hubert Davis, with Roy Williams' era Carolina teams and how they did rebounding because that is what they were known for nationally year after year after year. Well, I'll go ahead and tell you right here off the bat, out of the gate. The basic story is this. Overall rebounding stayed at Roy Williams era levels. Like Carolina did a great job. The one area of it that fell off was in offensive rebounding. That did not stay the same. So let's start there and compare Hubert Davis era with Roy Williams era. Again, always with the caveat that we have such a small sample size in the Hubert Davis era. There's just one year right now. But uh, it is the type of stat that I think is going to project the same year after year. So just take that for what it's worth. First off, let's look at offensive rebounding percentage. And these numbers are from Ken Palm. For those of you who aren't aware what offensive rebounding percentage is, it's the percentage of your team shot, so in this case the Tar Heels shot attempts, that your team then rebounds. So what percentage of shots do the Tar Heels take that they then get the rebound on? The formula for figuring this out is you look at, like if it's a single game, you look at the number of offensive rebounds you grabbed, 
and you divide that by those offensive rebounds plus your opponent's defensive rebounds, and that's how you get your percentage. Obviously, if you want to do it for the full season, you just do all your offensive rebounds in a season divided by your offensive rebounds plus your opponent's defensive rebounds. Um, now, do keep in mind that percentage includes free throws, not, not the first shot of a two or three shot free throw, but any free throw rebound that is live action is included in that number. So I actually like to look at both total rebound percentage, which includes free throw rebounds, and field goal only offensive rebounding percentage, which does not include free throw um, rebounds. I just think that's an interesting dichotomy, so I keep my own stats with that, because as you well know, I'm a numbers nerd, and I love to see the stories they tell. So the way I do that is I take out free throws and look at just um, offensive rebound percentage on field goal attempts. And you actually, it's a whole process. After each game, I have to scour the box score, the play-by-play, -play, to figure out how many of Carolina's offensive rebounds came off of free throws. You subtract that from the total offensive rebounding percentage, and it's a whole thing. Anyway, when we look at offensive rebounding percentage in the Roy Williams era, he coached for 18 seasons, 17 of those, Carolina was in the top 27 in the entire nation. Top 27, there's one outlier, the 2012-13 season. That was the year after the departures of uh, Kendall Marshall, Harrison Barnes, that whole crew when Marcus Page came in as a freshman and had to take over the point guard duties. Now, in those uh, 18 Roy Williams seasons, they were the top in the top five in the nation six times. That's one third of Roy Williams seasons. That's insane. And they were number one in the nation in offensive rebounding percentage three times. 07, 08, 16, 17, and Coach Williams last year, 2021. Now, for Hubert Davis's first team, they were 71st in the nation last year in offensive rebounding percentage. And so you see just how far apart these are. Now, in, in terms of the actual percentage, like what were those numbers, um, not just ranking, Roy Williams' teams, their lowest ever offensive rebounding percentage for a full season was that 2012-13 team, which came in at 34.6%, so still really solid. Keep in mind, 13 of Roy Williams' 18 teams were 38 off. 38% or higher, six of the 18 were 40% or higher. That's insane. Compare and contrast that which co with Coach Davis's first team last year, which came in under 30% at 29.8% for their offensive rebounding percentage. So we're looking at a big difference there. Why so? We'll talk about that later as we project out to this year. Now, what about the single game highs? We've been talking full season. When we're thinking specifically offensive rebounding percentage, um, in Last year, first year of the Hubert Davis era, the highest single-game offensive rebounding percentage Carolina had was 48.1%. That is a strong number comparatively around the nation. Um, and, and as for the season, Carolina had nine games at 40% or more. That's pretty good, right? <laughs> Until you look back, let's just look back at the last year of Roy Williams. That team's single game high was 60.5%, more than 12 percentage points higher than the best offensive rebounding percentage game last year. Yikes. In fact, that team had 17 games of 40% or higher, six games of 50% or higher, and obviously this one game of 60% or higher. And they did that with 10 fewer games than last year's team. 
All that to say, huge drop-off in offensive rebounding percentage last year for Hubert Davis's first team. Now, what about defense, like the overall rebounding? As I told you, everything else other than offensive rebounding kept to Roy Williams era level. So let me just give you some numbers there. Last year, in terms of defensive rebounds per game, Carolina was third in the nation behind only Gonzaga and Arizona. In terms of rebounding margin, how many rebounds you have more or less than your team, the Tar Heels were third in the nation there too, plus 8.54 behind only Kentucky and Purdue. In fact, Carolina out-rebounded Purdue when they played head-to-head. Only three times, three games out of 39 all last season was Carolina out-rebounded. That was Tennessee, Kentucky, and the first game against Duke. That was the only three times Carolina was out-rebounded. That is very impressive. So, again, despite the offensive rebounded drop-off from Roy Williams' era, the other things are looking really good. What about total rebounds per game? So this is defensive and offensive combined. They were sixth in the nation, 41.23 per game. Um, and so really, really good when you remember there's 350 total some teams in D1. I won't give you all the numbers, but chasing tracing back to the Roy Williams era, those 18 teams, here are where they fell nationally in total rebounds per game. Third, second, first, 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 sixteenth, second, tenth, thirtieth, first, first, third, second, first, second, eighth, eleventh, fifteenth, going all the way back to 2003, 2004. So 12 of Roy Williams' 18 teams were top three nationally in total rebounds per game. That is mind boggling to stay at that level that long. 17 of the 18 teams were top 16. There was just that one that was 30th. That was the lone outlier. And that, that was the lowest. And so Hubert Davis's team coming in sixth last year, that's, I mean, it's not top three as 12 of Roy Williams' 18 teams were, but that's insanely good. Keeping in mind that the only, like, the, the teams ahead of them were Buffalo, Gonzaga, South Carolina State, Arizona, and Bryant. So really in terms of major conference teams, I like they're they're right there top five in the nation that's where you want to be so to resummarize sum it all up hubert davis's first team didn't stick to roy williams era levels in terms of offensive rebounding but they're right with them in terms of total rebounding rebounding margin and defensive rebounds and there's no reason to think there's going to be a drop-off in the coming year because you got a lot of the same personnel so great news there now speaking of which Next thing we're going to talk about is the individual rebounding, and there's one name that you know that we have to talk about right after I tell you about LinkedIn. As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a job post in just minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional gathering of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your profile to spread the word that you're hiring so that your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and ultimately hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. 
Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? So again, post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, friends, as we get into uh, what Carolina did as individuals last year in rebounding, it makes perfect sense to go ahead and give you the answer to the trivia question. So once again, who hold the record for the top 10 most rebounds in a single season in Carolina history, and who's the one player that's on the list twice? <clears throat> so number one on the list, obviously set last year, Armando Baycott, 511 rebounds. Number two on the list, the man whose record he broke, Bryce Johnson in 2015-16, who, who was the first player to reach 400 rebounds in a single season for Carolina, finishing with 416. Tyler Hansborough, third in 07-08. Remember, 08-09, his senior year, he was hurt a little bit in the beginning, so that held him back that year. But in 07-08, he had 399. Number four, Sean May in the 04-05 season, the national championship, 397 rebounds. Fifth, Anton Jameson, man, these are names, people. 97, 98, 389 rebounds. Number six, Billy Cunningham, 63, 64 season. He had 379. Number seven, Kennedy Meeks in the national championship season of 16, 17, 378 rebounds. Number eight, Luke May in 2018, 19 with 377 rebounds. Number nine, John Henson in 2010, 11 with 374 rebounds. And the last name on the list, we haven't had a double up yet. Last chance to get a guess in. Luke May, the only Tar Heel to have his name on this list twice in the 2017-18 season was when he did it uh, first. Now, I have a sneaking suspicion he might get edged out this year by one Mr. Armando Baycott, who would then become the only person to be on this list twice. Interestingly, Carolina has had someone add to this top 10 list five of the past seven years. Every year except the 2019-20 season and the 2020-21 season. And those were the ones kind of affected by COVID. So it kind of makes sense there. So obviously, when we're talking about how did Carolina perform individually last year with rebounding, there is one name that we start and end with and it's Armando Baycott. I mean, there's really no other reason to talk about anybody else in this portion, so let's just get right into him. As you are well aware, we've kind of already talked about it, he was just the second player in Carolina history to hit 400 rebounds in a second in a single season, and he blew by that number, blew by, blew by Bryce Johnson's 416. That is an impossible phrase to say quickly. Blew by Bryce, blew by Bryce. Wow, try that. Uh, wherever you're listening or watching. And then he became the first Tar Heel to ever hit and break 500 rebounds in a single season, finishing with 511. Now, the new um, modern, more modern style lineup under Hubert Davis plays a role in this. Why? Because there's not a second typical center he's playing alongside. For example, Bryce Johnson's 416 rebounds came while he was battling Kennedy Meeks for four rebounds, who was also on that top 10 list. Armando Baycott last season, his came along Brady Manick, who averages six rebounds uh, a game. So it's just not the same level. So you take that into account, plus 39 games, you're going all the way to a national championship. So that, that speaks into that. Regardless, super, super impressive. Why? Baycott averaged 13.1 rebounds a game. 
13.1. That's up from his sophomore year where he had 7.8 and his freshman year at 8.2. Brady Manick had the next highest average on the team at 6.1, which is not a drop-off or a gain from what he did at Oklahoma. All four seasons at Oklahoma, he averaged in the 5-6 to six rebound range. Now, when we look at just how impressive what Armando did, the last time a Tar Heel averaged more than 10 rebounds per game was Mitch Kupchak in 1975-76. He averaged 11.3 a game. And then to, to find an average that was more than Armando's, you got to go all the way back to a name we've already said, 1964-65, Billy Cunningham, who averaged 14.3 rebounds a game that season. In fact, all three of Billy Cunningham's varsity seasons for Carolina, uh, he set a higher rebounding per game average than Baycott had last year. 16.1 his first year, 15.8 second year, and then 14.3 in 1964-65. I mean, that Billy Cunningham, kangaroo kid, ridiculous, ridiculous stuff there. Um, and then the only other time that a player averaged higher than Baycott's 13.1 from last season, at least in Carolina's recorded history in their record books, is Doug Moe's 14.0 in the 1960-61 season. Meaning, at least what's recorded in the Carolina record book, Baycott has the fifth highest single season average in Carolina Tar Heels history. Let that sink in. Wow. To contextualize it, though, to a modern time, in Roy Williams' 18 years, only six times did a player get to even double digits. N never to, and it was all in the 10-point range. Like, none of those six were higher than Sean May's 10.7 rebounds per game. So again, got to go all the way back to that cup check year to find somebody that had um, higher than 10 rebounds a game. Wow. Now, com comparing what Baycott did last year to the rest of the NCAA, only two players had a higher rebounding average than Baycott last year, so he was third in the nation, and only one of those was a major college team, and that was, anybody? National Player of the Year, Oscar Shibway, who had an insane 15.1 rebounds per game for the Kentucky Wildcats. Now, while everything Armando did was ridiculous, the, the funnest, my favorite rebounding stat from last year is that RJ Davis, six foot zero, was the fourth leading rebounder on the team in per game average with 4.3 rebounds per game and had the third most total rebounds on the entire team. Just wrap your brain around that one. Like for all the craziness of what Baycott did, RJ Davis, third most total rebounds on last year's team. Now, a lot of that is because he played 34 minutes a game, but still... He's six foot nothing. Impressive stuff. Keep in mind, go look back at his numbers in the national championship game. Yeah, 12 rebounds. That was ridiculous. So we take everything Armando Baycott and the individuals on the team did last year. We look at the, the team numbers and all of that. We throw it together. What can we expect the upcoming season for the North Carolina Tar Heels in terms of rebounding? We're going to talk about that in just a second after I tell you about Built Bar. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor, delicious indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite cookie dough chunk puffs. And they have a light chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, covered in 100% real chocolate. 
cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein. So run to Built.com right now to snag a box for you and the family. It'll be the perfect treat, or you can just find a really good hiding place and hoard them away for yourself. Like all Built Bars, the new cookie dough chunk puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty. Chocolate covered cookie dough with a light fluffy texture, so good. And remember that all of Buff's bars and puffs are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides ton of health benefits. You're gonna love this new flavor, whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or just need to grab a quick bite. Built is the perfect protein bar, and they taste better than so many other can uh, protein bars, and honestly, candy bars. So do it right now. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar, and grab yourself a Built Bar. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Okay, what are the rebounding expectations for the 2022-23 Tar Heels? I gotta say, they're just right out of the gate. I think it's very much in line with what Carolina did last year, averaging 42.1 rebounds per game as a team. You would expect something just right in that vein. So uh, the first thing we have to look at is obviously Carolina is losing their second leading rebounder in Brady Manick. But they bring in Pete Nance, who has averaged six point something rebounds each of the last three seasons. So it's very comparable to Brady, but just slightly above where Manic was at. And so I expect Nance to actually be a slight bump in rebounding up from what Brady did last year. Who else for the Tar Heels can take a leap? I really think Leakey needs to rebound more. Um, he had 5.0 rebounds down to 4.9, down to 4.3 last year. And so would love to see him just uh, get an extra rebound or two a game, get into that five or six rebound average per game. Caleb Love was 2.6 his freshman year up to 3.4. Could he just grab another half rebound a game and get up to four rebounds a game? As a 6'4 guard, you got to think that is highly possible. Look at what Cole Anthony was doing. Here's another one for me that needs to take a leap. Puff Johnson, Dontrez Styles combined averaged 3.4 rebounds a game last year. Some of that is minutes-based, and so given the, the extra minutes that they inevitably are going to get this year, I'd love to see them double that, get up to like 6.8, closer to 7 maybe. Um, again, I think playing more minutes is going to do that. You've got Puff's height, and you've got Dontrez's athleticism. That translates to me into a knack for rebounding, seeing what they both do. Now, we also have to think, though, what, what did the Tar Heels lose in terms of rebounding? Because that's a real thing every year. Well, not ain't much. Obviously, we talked about Brady Manick, 6.1 rebounds per game last year. That's gone. That's the biggest blow, rebounding-wise. The others, Dawson Garcia had 5.5. Kerwin Walton, just 1.2 rebounds per game. And Anthony Harris, 0.4 rebounds per game. So when you look at returning, I mean, you you hear those numbers and you got to imagine they return quite a bit, right? Absolutely. Carolina had 1,608 total rebounds last year. They lost 371 combined between those four guys I just mentioned and, and like Ryan McAdoo, some of the other 
that, that's gone as well. And so that means they returned 76.9% of their rebounds. That's a phenomenal number. Not to mention, you bring in again Pete Nance to essentially uh, replace Brady's production and maybe bump it up a little. Plus, you bring in this freshman class, this four-person freshman class. Seth Trimble is a tallish guard at 6'3", just one inch shorter than Caleb Love. Jalen Washington and Will Shaver are both 6'10". That's what they're listed at on the roster. And Tyler Nichols, 6'7". And so you think, I mean, these guys should be able to swoop in, maybe maybe amongst the four of them, grab four, five, six rebounds a game combined. I mean, there's no reason to think that's not a realistic goal. Hey, could each of you four freshmen just grab one rebound a game? And um, that, that would be good. And here, here's why I say that. When we look at how does Carolina, as I said, they got 41.2 rebounds a game last year. In fact, they've had they've averaged 40 rebounds a game at least every season since 2014-15. No reason to think that the Tar Heels won't do that again. So let's project that out. Let, let's round it down to 40 rebounds per game so that we have a nice even number. How, how does Carolina put it together to get to 40 rebounds per game? Let me add it up for you. It's not that difficult. Armando, 13.1 last year. Let's say there's a little bit of regression. Even, even he averages 12 rebounds per game. That seems very doable, right? So there's 12. To get to 40, we just need 28 more per game. Let's say, uh, no, I said Larry Nance. Pete Nance um, climbs from the six he averaged per game at Northwestern and gets seven. Carolina plays faster, more possessions, more rebounds. So seven for Nance, 12 for Mondo, that's 19. That means there's just 21 left to get to 40. Uh, last year, the combination of the other three starters, three starters, Leaky Black, RJ Davis, Caleb Love, averaged 14.1 rebounds per game combined amongst the three of them. What if they just each averaged three-tenths of a rebound more per game? That's not much to get the three of them up to 15 rebounds per game. Some combination does that. If you keep the math going, now that means uh, you only have six rebounds left to get to uh, an average of 40 per game. And that's left amongst Puff Johnson, Dontre Styles, and the four freshmen. And so to me, as, as I look at those that math, it makes a ton of sense that Carolina could easily, easily get to 40 rebounds per game and might be able to inch up closer to 42, 43, maybe. Keep in mind, they're going to be a great shot-making team, uh, so there's going to be less total offensive rebounds available. Who knows what will they'll have to grab a lot of defensive rebounds where they were great last year. And so uh, we'll just have to see how all that plays out. But I fully expect Carolina to average at least 40 rebounds per game, maybe even getting closer um, to to 45 than 40. Let, let's say that. So as a team, here's some questions for me. Can Armando Baycott keep growing? Does he even need to, right? Can, can the other Tar Heels grow around him and let him keep doing what he was doing? I'd love to see a natural growth progression for the other members of the team. And again, why can't Armando do more than he did last year? The other thing, we talked about offensive rebounding earlier in the show. Does Hubert Davis want to grow Carolina's offensive rebounding percentage numbers? Is that even possible? Because why? Carolina under Hubert Davis takes a lot more three-point shots. What happens? Longer caroms, much more difficult for a um, more dominant rebounding team like Carolina is to grab a percentage of their own shots. So that plays into that too. And you know Carolina under Hubert Davis is going to continue to hoist them up. 
What about a, a per, I usually like to give a bold prediction. I think this is going to be a not so bold prediction. I'm going to say two of them. Armando Baycott averages a double-double again. I mean, that's, barring injury, that's a no-brainer to me. And then uh, the maybe even less so bold a prediction, Armando Baycott is going to become, ready for this? North Carolina's all-time leading rebounder for a career. He's currently one of 10 Tar Heels with 1,000 or more career rebounds. He's got 1,001, just over that mark. The guys that lead the way, Sam Perkins and Tyler Hansbrough, number two and number one, respectively, are the only Tar Heels with 1,100 or more career rebounds. Hansbrough, then, is the only Tar Heel with 1,200 or more rebounds, and I'm saying Armando Baycott is going to become the first Tar Heel to break the 1,300 career rebounds barrier. He only needs 219 to pass uh, Hansbrough for first place, and then would just be, remember I said he's got 1,001, so he would just need exactly 300 rebound, or 299 rebounds to get to 1,300. That's very doable for somebody that just got 511 last year. It's going to happen my friends. That's my bold prediction for you. Well, that's it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. Coming up tomorrow, Pat Kilby and I look back at Caleb Love's sophomore year and look ahead to this upcoming season for Carolina junior Caleb Love. As always, really appreciate you tuning in to Locked on Tar Heels, making it your first watch or listen. Please subscribe, smash the like button. Can't wait to read your comments on what you thought about all this rebounding. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Heels. You can follow me at Isaac Shade. And get more on the ACC by making Locked On ACC your second listen today. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts of Locked On take you around the conference in 30 minutes, five days a week. Really appreciate you hanging out with me on your Tuesday. Talk to Carolina rebounding. Great stats, great stories. Love what the Tar Heels are doing. And remember, it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Until tomorrow, peace!